Hey, this is Scott. And Burke. From the Davis and Davis Show, the podcast for everything Ohio. Two guys who met at the University of Akron and have a love for Northern Ohio. We talk about everything from entertainment to motorsports to fine wine and spirits. Do you want to get a little insight on Northern Ohio from the perspective of two middle-aged men? Well, as we say, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit down, relax, and listen. New shows every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. Just go to www.redcircle.com slash Davis and Davis. Or find us on Apple Podcasts, Prime Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Check out our Facebook page at Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. And we just don't care. Welcome to the Burley Gunner Show. All right, are we ready? Can we go now? All right. Welcome to the Burley Gunner Show right here. On the Cleveland Sports Fan Network, ClevelandSportsFan.com, Apple Podcast, Red Circle. Make sure to check out the Cleveland Sports Fan Facebook page. Give us a like, shout us out, all that good stuff. ClevelandSportsFan.com, the merch is up and running. I'm your host, Burley Gunner. A wild weekend. A completely, I mean, I cried, I cheered. I was in awe. I'm still recovering from what in what what I went through as a sports fan over the weekend. All right, a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. Shout out the Burning River Buckets. We are back Friday at home against a ranked opponent, the Ohio Bruins. So that's an Ohio battle right there. I'm looking forward to that one. We've got Cavs ball. I've been promising Cavs ball on the Burley Gunner show. You're gonna get it. Actually, I think we're gonna kick us off with the with the uh, with the Cavs on the Burley Gunner show. We're gonna talk Baker Mayfield. We're gonna talk conference championship games because man, were they great! As a football fan. Two excellent games that had me glued into my seat, eyes on the TV. That's the best, and that's what we got. We're going to talk about Tom Brady. I'm going to give my early Super Bowl prediction, and then we're going to take a little stroll, a little drive down Tobacco Road. We're going to talk about Duke, North Carolina. It's coming up this Saturday, 6 Eastern, if you're on the East Coast. If you're out West listening, it is 3 p.m., which is completely odd for Duke, North Carolina to be held on a, th- on a 3 in the afternoon. That just seems odd to me. <sighs> Man, what a show we have today. We're going to kick us off with Cavs. I told you, Cavs, Cavs ball, Cavs ball. And I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a point right here, all right? <clears throat> Would you agree with me that this Cleveland Cavaliers team of this year, 2021-2022 Cleveland Cavaliers team. Would you agree with me that they already in one half of a season have already overachieved more so than the 2014 to 2018 Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron James. Can we agree on that? Let me elaborate. Yes. The excuse me. Before I get into this, I'm not saying that the Cleveland the current Cleveland Cavaliers are better than the old Cavs. That's not what I'm saying. I want to I want to nip that in the butt right now. What I'm saying is they overachieved more already in about 50 games. Okay? Let's I'm going to take you back to 2014-2015. Okay? Keep in mind the Cleveland Cavaliers are right now 31 and 20. In 2014-2015, 51 games into the season, 
the Cleveland Cavaliers were 31 and 20. Huh. So through the same amount of time, same amount of games, you're telling me the Cavs have the same record now in their first year as a, well, not first year as a reboot, but this year right now they have the same record as LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin Love did in their first year? Well, Burley, they made it to the finals, so we've got to wait to see if this Cavs team... No. That Cavs team was supposed to win the finals. This Cavs team was projected 22 wins, 23 wins preseason, according to the sports books in Vegas. The the Cavs are 31 and 20. They should be 10 and 31 right now. That's what the projections were. That's what the that's what uh, me I thought that. Preseason I thought that. I didn't think the Cavs were going to be 31 and 20. They are. And they and there's no excuses anymore. They're beating the good teams in the Eastern Conference. There's there's the only thing you can say is, well, it's Cleveland, so they'll screw it up. But I'm not going down that road. I'm not going to you could go down that road. I'm not going down that road. I won't go down that road. Okay? So the next season, the Cleveland Cavaliers, when they hit that 31 win total. All right? They were 31 and 14. Only 6 games better than this current Cavs team. This Cavs team in in 2017 or 2016-2017 was supposed to win the finals. They were supposed to win a championship. They were supposed to go back-to-back. This Cavs team was supposed to win 20-25 games. And they're keeping pace. Let's go to the next season. Let's go to LeBron's last season here. 2017-2018. What was the record? What, what? When the Cavs had 31 wins. Oh. They had 22 losses. And as you know, the Cavs didn't win the finals again. So that's four years. Every one of them, they were expected to win a championship. And they only did it one of them. One. And in... Two of the seasons, they had the same amount of losses, if not more losses, than the current Cavs team right now at 31 wins. This team wasn't supposed to make the playoffs this year. They may host a series. They may win a playoff game. They could win the East. You want to talk about overachieving and underachieving? Yes, sure. LeBron, you got a championship. You brought one championship to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm not going to compare his first his his first rodeo here. Second stint, I appreciate the championship. Will forever be one of the greatest days of my life. I love that Cavs team. I love you, LeBron. I think you're the greatest of all time. The facts are, this current Cavs team is overachieving, and your four years in Cleveland, you underachieved. That's the bottom line. When LeBron James came back to Cleveland, and if you would have told me he was going to play four years in Cleveland, okay, then he's moving on. I would have at least thought he brought two, probably three championships into Cleveland with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Dur- and Kevin Love. They underachieved. Not bashing them. They underachieved. This current Cavs team is overachieving.
It's fun to watch. It's really fun to watch. The four years LeBron was here, it was it was hell. The regular season was a living hell. Every time you turned on Sports Center or ESPN or you or your radio station or Fox Sports, whatever it was, somebody was talking about how the Cavs weren't good enough. They weren't gonna win it. This all every single season, LeBron, ever even the championship year, in the middle of the season, we heard noise. Okay, it wasn't fun. It was like walking on eggshells. Hell, I just went on a rant about how the Cavs were fifty-three and twenty-five, and that's a bad season. Hmm. Do you see how messed up this world is? When it comes to sports and other things. But this is a sports podcast. We won't get into other things. Bottom line. So last week I came on the show and I said, and I didn't have any inside sources or anything like that. I didn't claim to have any. It was just my opinion. But I said there was absolutely no way in hell Tom Brady's retiring. I said, how would he retire? He just he just lost a, a a a divisional playoff game by three points. Should have won it. Should have been playing in the NFC Championship game. Could have been in the Super Bowl. How are you that close? You led the league at top five in almost every statistical category in your twenty second season. How are you not coming back? Well, he's not, and I was wrong. But that doesn't take away anything that I've ever said about Tom Brady. That doesn't take away anything about the GOAT. Am I upset? Yes. Did I cry? Twice. Because I cried the first time when I was picking up my Chinese food. And I got into the car and I see an ESPN notification. says Tom Brady's retiring. And I didn't cry right away. Put my phone down. I drove up the street. I don't live far from the Chinese restaurant. I pulled off a side road and it just hit me. And I started bawling my eyes out. Cried all the way home. Sat in the car and cried because I didn't want my two little girls to say, Daddy, why are you crying? And then there's news that maybe this isn't, you know, this isn't real. This is fake news. This is not. This is not true. And then this morning, I wake up and I see the news all over again. And I come down and I start crashing down and I start crying. Why am I crying? Burley, why are you crying? Burley doesn't cry. Burley cries. Okay. And it's so sad to me because I feel as selfishly as this sounds... I love Tom Brady. I respect his opinion, his decision. I I understand what it's like to have kids and have to devote all of your time into one specific craft. I totally get that. But selfishly, I feel gypped. I feel like there could have been so much more the no like that my first initial thought was, no, this is, there's no way the story can end now. There's no possible way he's supposed to get an, an eighth ring, a ninth ring, and then we're going to try to get 10 rings, and it's just not going to happen, okay? And I don't think Brady, hopefully I'm wrong about this one, I don't think Brady's the kind of guy that's going to come out of retirement, okay? He simply stated he doesn't want to give his dedication to the competitive uh, the competitiveness of the game. And that's fine with me. That's totally fine. He didn't say he couldn't. He said he didn't want to. He did not want to compete. He and, and I respect Tom for not doing this because I think this is what a lot of quarterbacks did in their later days. We won't mention any of them, but there's a lot of these quarterbacks, a couple of them might come to your head. I'll give you one of them, Brett Favre. So uh, what I feel like what a lot of these quarterbacks may have done in their in their later days, and not just quarterbacks, a lot of athletes do this. They think, well, I'm going to continue to play and I'm going to get the bag, but I'm going to I'm not going to be as dedicated 
or devoted to the game and the, and I'm just going to show up and I'm not going to be as good, but I'm going to collect my paycheck. And that's not what Tom Brady's doing. So I respect Brady so much for that reason alone, simply because he knows if I come back, I have to come back 100%. There, you'll never see a season of Tom Brady where it's half-assed. And that's what I love about the guy, okay? He could have simply said, well, I was in the top five of every statistical category. If it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers, I probably would have won the MVP. Now I'll just come back. And but I'm not gonna be as I'm not gonna be as, as Tom Brady as I normally am. I'm I'm just gonna do more things outside and I'm just not gonna come to play and, and that's and he could have done that and he didn't do that because he would have been doing a disservice to his teammates by doing that. Do I wish Tom Brady could have played five more years, collected five more Super Bowls? All right, how about four Super Bowls? You got to give my Browns one. But yes, absolutely. I would have loved that. I'm the biggest Tom Brady fan that you'll ever meet. And I'm, I'm, proud, to, I'm proud to say that on the show. If, and I say this all, all the time. People want to talk about the, the GOAT, okay? You can debate Jordan and LeBron. You can debate whether Tiger or Serena is the, be- the better solo athlete. There's no debate with with Tom Brady. There's no debate with quarterback in the in the National Football League. If you try to make a debate, you are simply just looking for a reaction out of somebody. That's how desperate you sound. Because there is absolutely no way you can compare a guy who has won more Super Bowls than any franchise in the National Football League to any other quarterback or football player in the National Football League besides himself. What do I mean by that? I've said this before. This is the first time I think I've ever said this on the Burley Gunner Show. If you took Tom Brady's career and you split it in half, Okay, so pretend he played the first 10 years or 11 years, and then he didn't play the last 11 years. Well, I could argue that that 11 years of Tom Brady was still the greatest quarterback of all time in the National Football League. Okay? That's, I mean, that's an argument in itself. If, you, if he didn't play the first 11 years, and you only took the last 11 years... You could make an argument strongly that that 11 years of Tom Brady's career would be the greatest quarterback of all time. So once you put them two together, it's not even close. The guy has played in 10 Super Bowls. That's half his career. He was in the AFC Championship game more than 75% of the time. The Super Bowl went through Tom Brady for 20 years. This is why I make the argument for LeBron James over Michael Jordan. As Michael Jordan has peaked the highest in the National Football League, or excuse me, in the NBA, maybe Peyton Manning, maybe Drew Brees, maybe Dan Marino, maybe John Elway, like Tom Brady and LeBron James, those guys have done it for 20 years. The rings go through them. They might not have them all, but the rings go through them. Sure, Jordan was was at the peak of the NBA's highest mountain for six years in a row. Great. He also took a break in the middle of that because he couldn't handle all of it. And yes, sure, Peyton Manning might have all these regular season records and he might have the greatest moments and the greatest games in the regular season. But guess what? He did not do it for 20 freaking years at the highest level. We're not talking mellow. We're not talking Carmelo Anthony right now, okay? That's not who we're talking about. We're not talking about Adrian Peterson, who threw... The majority of their career, yes, they were the most dominant at their position and in, in, in what they do. But then they're lingering around and they've, like, Mello has been not been relevant for so long. And Big Ben, the same way, not relevant for so long. And they their, their careers almost get tarnished because of it. 
Tom Brady and LeBron, they have been the juggernauts of their sport and their league since they've come into their their roles, their positions that they're in 20 years ago. I thank you, Tom Brady. I I I I wish I could go back and watch all of the games, and I'm sure I will. Okay? I'm sure I will. Tom Brady could sell sell me a package of just Tom Brady film and highlights and Super Bowl moments and all of this and that, I'd buy it. Okay? Am I sad he's leaving? Absolutely. Do I understand why he's leaving? Yes. Sure I do. Do I feel a little bitter? Do I feel a little gypped selfishly? Yes. And I'm not ashamed to say that. But I respect Tom Brady and I respect what he did. One more thing. Correlating into Tom Brady, I hear a lot of speculation about what the Bucs should do. Should the Bucs go get Aaron Rodgers? Should the Bucs go get Russell Wilson? Should the Bucs go get Deshaun Watson? What should what should the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do? That's the question after Tom Brady's gone. Well, I hate to break it to you, Bucs fans, but I think the end of the line is right now. And if you look at if you look at the team from this year to last, it clearly it, it, it clearly regressed. It was not as good as it was in, in year number one. Maybe injuries had something to do with that, but it's simply not the same exact feel, and it looks like they're going downward. So you're gonna replace Tom Brady with Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, who are not only lesser quarterbacks, as as mind-boggling as that sounds, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson being lesser quarterbacks, they're they're being asked to take over a spot from Tom Brady. Okay, which, first of all, I'll say this. It's not going to be Aaron. It's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to want to do that. That's not shoes that Aaron Rodgers is not going to want to fill. Russell, I don't think would have a problem with it, but I don't think Russell lands himself in Tampa Bay. And I don't think that's the best move for Tampa Bay. I think this is the perfect opportunity to keep some of your younger talent, sign them up for the next couple of years, and then you let the guys who are expiring contracts owed a lot of money, you let them walk, you're bad for a couple years, you build back through the draft, you're going to have to find a quarterback. I don't know that Kyle Trask is the guy's Kyle. I don't even know if Kyle Trask is still in Tampa Bay. He could be, should be. Um, but that's what I would do. I, I don't think that the Tampa Bay Bucks are coming back next year. I don't know that they're even going to be in the postseason next year, the playoffs. I don't even know. I don't, I don't, I, I don't see... I don't see how bringing in any quarterback. I mean, listen, if they couldn't do it with Tom Brady, why would they be able to do it with anybody else? Why would Aaron Rodgers be able to come to Tampa Bay and do what Tom Brady couldn't do? He couldn't do it in the NFC North. You think he's going to go to the NFC South and do it? The NFC South is wide open now. No. It was a good run by the Bucks. They had a phenomenal team. They went out and they got a quarterback. Um, hello, Cleveland. Did you hear that? Dear, are you listening? Man, would I be happy to be a Bucks fan right now? Hell yeah. Hell yeah, I would be. Absolutely, I would be. 100%. You tell me that the Browns win the Super Bowl next year, and then two years down the line, we're back to square one. We got to redraft everything. Fine. Sure. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. I got me a Lombardi trophy hanging on my shelf. Was a then if the Rams win the Super Bowl, are they are are they dumb for paying all this money and going to get Stafford? No, they're ball players. They want to win. Sorry, got a little off track there. But man, that's, I mean, that's the, what, the, what the Bucks did when they had Jameis Winston and they got rid of him, brought in Tom Brady, won a Super Bowl. That's exactly what the Browns need to do, okay? Do I love Bake? Do I love Baker Mayfield? Yeah, I do. I do. I actually, I love Baker Mayfield. You know I love Baker Mayfield. I made excuses for him all year. 
Would I love Aaron Rodgers more? Would I love a Super Bowl more? Yeah, I would. I really would. I really, really, really would. Conference championship game. Which one do you want to talk about first? AFC or NFC? Because you know what? They both were phenomenal. They were both phenomenal games. The Chiefs went up, had the early lead, blew it. And the freaking Cincinnati Bengals won the freaking AFC championship game. Do I have to do this? Do I have to do this? Why is it part of my why is it part of my job description to have to talk about the AFC championship game? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? Joe Burrow, who was drafted two years ago, just won my division in my conference. You told if you would have told me at the beginning of the season when the Browns blew a lead at Arrowhead that there was going to be a team from the AFC North that was going to go to Arrowhead and defeat the Chiefs in overtime. To go to the Super Bowl. I would have booked my ticket to SoFi right then and there. Because I knew damn well Ben wasn't doing it. Those rat birds weren't doing it. And I sure as hell would have told you that the Cincinnati Bengals weren't going to do it. That was supposed to be us, damn it. We were supposed to beat the Chiefs. We were supposed to go to the Super Bowl. We were supposed to beat Odell. Why do I have this sick, stupid feeling that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to win the freaking Super Bowl? I'm sick. I'm disgusted. They did what Cleveland couldn't do in a quarter of the time. Half the time. I say a quarter because Burrow was hurt last year. This was his first full year. His first full year in the NFL. He went, they won four games last year. The year before that, they won two. And they jumped up into number one spot. Not only the AFC North, in the whole freaking conference. They're going to the Super Bowl. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. I'm supposed to be happy for Joe? Am I supposed to be happy for Mr. Buckeye? For the, for my, for Mr. Ohio? He was a Browns fan, Burley, growing up. Why wouldn't you root for him? He'd be rooting for the Browns if the Browns were in the Super Bowl. Screw Joe Burrow. I'm not a Freddie Kitchens fan. But the one thing that Mr. Freddie Bathrooms did say is if you don't wear brown and orange, you don't matter. As far as I'm concerned... Joe Burrow wears orange and black. You don't want to hear me yell? Fine. Email the program director at the Cleveland Sports Fan and tell him that I shouldn't have to be required to talk about the AFC Championship game.
I'm sorry. But I'm hurt. It pains me to have to put this into real life scenarios of what is going on and what is about to happen on February 13th in Los Angeles. But we can move on. I should have saved this for, or I should have done this before because I'm already fired up. So pardon me if I start getting loud again. Last week when we talked, I didn't go off, and I'm not going to go off again, but I didn't go off on on the, the MLB Hall of Fame because when I recorded the podcast, the announcement of Barry Bonds not being in the Hall of Fame was not true. It was It was the next day. So I told you, you better get this right. These these fat, lazy bastards that are sports writers for the major league, they need to get it right. Get a grip. Stop being so rigid. Stop being so damn full of yourselves. Stop being full of yourselves. Now I'm going to go through a list. ESPN came out with a top 100 MLB players. Okay, now ironically enough, this segment is going to correlate into possibly tomorrow's show, Bob's Bastards, um, episode number two on the Cleveland Sports Fan Network possibly get into it tomorrow because I'm going to ask Dr. Dog, but this is, we might not know um, the outcome of this until next week. So just stay with me. ESPN wrote a top 100 MLB players of all time. Okay. I'm not going to get into all of them. We're not going to read all 50 of them because they only released 100 through 51. But I want to go through this list with you, and I want to wait to see where we find Barry Bonds at, or if we do find Barry Bonds, because obviously Barry Bonds is a top 100 baseball player of all time. You can agree with me. I agree with myself. I agree with myself about everything. But you hear what I'm saying. Barry Bonds, top 100 player. They have Barry Larkin for the Cincinnati Reds. Number 100, the number 100 baseball player of all time. Jim Tomey makes the list at number 98. We'll come back to Jim Tomey because there's a, put an asterisk on Jim Tomey. Adrian Beltre at 97. Slide down a little bit to 94. You've got Bryce Harper. Hmm. That's an interesting one. This is a Barry Bonds segment, so we won't get too much in-depth, but Bryce Harper's better than Jim Tomey? Bryce Harper's better than Barry Larkin? Bryce Harper's better than Adrian Beltre? Did Bryce Harper did Bryce Harper play 10 more years, hit 300 more home runs, and win two World Series? I'm sorry. No. Bryce Harper's not. I'm not saying Bryce Harper's not a top 100 player. Bryce Harper is not better than Jim Tomey, Adrian Beltre. No, sorry. Or Barry Larkin. Sorry. Ain't happening. John Smoltz, 93. Roy Holiday, 92. Shoeless Joe Jackson's at 89. Um, Willie Stargell, Carlton Fisk, Roberto Alomar. Interesting. Asterix. Eddie Collins, Mike Piazza, 82 and 81. Still have not found Barry Bonds. Chipper Jones, 78. Vladimir Guerrero at 77. The old, the older one, people. Not the new one. Not the young Vlad. Not the young Vladdy. Okay. <clears throat> Willie McCovey, 73. Justin Verlander, 72. 
It's all on ESPN if you if you want to know who's in between. Ozzy Smith, 69. This one's interesting. Remember I said asterisks on Jim Tomey? Manny Ramirez at 68. You're telling me Manny Ramirez is 30 position players better than Jim Tomey in the top 100? What? Not as an Indian. Sorry, but I take Jim Tomey. I take Tomey. Ask any Indians fan. They'll tell you Tomey over Manny. Love Manny. Manny being Manny. Well, this is Burley being Burley. And I'm telling you right now, Jim Tomey better than Manny Ramirez. Cal Ripken Jr., 66. Max Scherzer, 65. <clears throat> David Ortiz, who has also, it must be stated, has tested positive for steroids. <clears throat> In the Hall of Fame, however. At 63. Mel Ott, 62. Carl Yastrzemski, 61. Miggy, Miguel Cabrera, Mr. Triple Crown, 59. Dave Winfield, 56. Reggie Jackson, 54. Or 55, excuse me. Lefty Grove, 54. So Lefty Grove is better than Miggy. I don't know about that one. But then again, that was a long time ago. Very long time ago. Very, very, very long time ago. Clayton Kershaw, 52. Ernie Banks, 51. No Barry Bonds on the list. So you know what that tells me? He's a top 50 player. Not just 100. Top 50 player. So so pretty much two things can come about this. Come next week's show. I'm either going to go two ways with it. And I'm going to just tell you which ways I'm going to go. One of two options. A, he's in the top 50. And I'm bantering on and on about how David Ortiz was ranked below, yet Barry Bonds held out of the Hall of Fame. Or, he's not going to be in the top 50. And I'm going to come on here pissed off or just simply laughing at the fact that Barry Bonds was not ranked inside the top 100 according to the ESPN writers. Again, these writers, these MLB writers who grew up during the, when, when the stock market crashed, what the hell was that called? What was that? You remember back in like the 20s or 30s? They're they're old. They're just, they're they they don't adjust. They're not understanding that they're pushing guys like me out the door. So when you talk about holding out a guy who had the most home runs in the history of the major league because of steroids, yet Big Poppy, who is tested positive for juicing, is allowed into the Hall of Fame. Why is that? Why? So when I take my daughters to the Pro Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, when I take them to the museum, they're going to ask me, Daddy, Daddy, who hit the most home runs in the history of the league? I'm going to have to tell them to pull out their iPhone and Google it. It's a museum. Have you ever been to one? Have you ever been to a, 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 muse, a historical museum? They put everything in there that was the history of the topic that they're trying to explain. You, you, you don't go to the National Museum of African-American history in Washington, D.C. and not learn about slavery. Was it wrong? Was slavery wrong? Yeah, it was. But do we recognize it in a museum? Yes, we do. Because it's a history lesson. So I go to a baseball museum and the most exciting part about baseball, the most, exp- the most exquisite part of the sport 
the home run. The guy who has the most of them, whether how he got that was fair or not, I argue it's fair. You're not going to display that in the Baseball Hall of Fame Museum? What kind of sense does that make? And I know I'm speaking for like 99% of America, of the world, of baseball fans, okay? I know you don't typically agree with what I'm saying, but right now, I'm willing to bet that you definitely are agreeing with what I'm saying right now. I haven't met a single person who thinks that Barry Bonds should not be in the Hall of Fame. Guy was hitting missiles before he was juicing. Okay? Did he make a mistake? Yes. What's the price to pay though? Why is the what why is the price to pay for eternity? That would be like me shoplifting and then my punishment is to go to prison but not for a year for the rest of my life you made a mistake you're gonna hold him out of the the hall of fame forever hasn't the guy suffered enough put him in the damn hall of fame but you can't Because the writers who have a stick in their ass won't do a damn thing about it. They get up at four, they do their work, they're home in bed, eating their clam chowder by five o'clock in the afternoon. Probably four, three. And, And then people wonder why baseball is going downhill. People wonder why there's a they're totally different scenario, but people wonder why there's a lockout. We don't know if the season's going to start on time. It's just a bunch of babies in suits. It's what it it's what it, the, the major league is the most poorly run organization across the board when it comes to the 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 major sports. The NFL, the uh the NBA, you've got UFC, you've got the NHL all run way better and I mean way better than the major leagues run and it's a damn shame because growing up as a kid my favorite sport was baseball I loved it I loved playing it I loved going to games and watching it and I loved watching it on TV too nowadays I started getting older I started hearing people say, well, I like baseball, but I don't really like to watch it on TV. And I used to say, why? Why? Well, now I get, now I, now I, I know why. The product's not as good. It's going downhill. Can they fix it? Can they save it? Absolutely. Absolutely. They can save it. We talked about it on the, on the flagship show, the Cleveland sports fan flagship show scoot actually had a damn good he had like a whole grocery list of things the mlb could do to change that to, to make it more appealing and i agreed with him one of them was an expansion expanding the whole league not just one or two teams like 10 or 12 teams you you got you have more mine you have more minor leaguers than you do major leaguers Columbus has a beautiful facility, a beautiful stadium. Why not just make it a pro team? You can listen to that on the Cleveland Sports Fan flagship show. I'm not going to get into how, how we can reinvent and recreate uh, uh, baseball. But Scoot really did lay down the law. and ha- ha- had. I mean, if he was running for commissioner, I would vote for him. Damn. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. What a freaking headache. You've got Barry can't get into the play, to the Hall of Fame. The Bengals can't lose. They're going to the Super Bowl. My gut tells me they're going to freaking win it. Tom Brady's gone. He's retiring. My whole childhood of sports is crashing down and coming to an end when it comes to when LeBron goes, that's it. When LeBron leaves, bye-bye childhood sports.
because it's over. I mean, everyone's gone. Peyton's gone. Drew Brees is gone. Coach K's leaving. This is his final year, which leads me to my next topic. Duke, North Carolina. This weekend. And I'm telling you what. This is the last trip that Coach K is going to have in Chapel Hill. You know they're coming. You know who's coming? Duke's coming. Chapel Hill, you ain't ready for us. You are not ready for the Dukies. We're going to come into your stadium and we're going to whoop your ass. Why? Not just because it's Coach K's last year, but if you thought Coach K was going to lose his last game at the Dean Smith Center, you're wrong. That's not going to happen. This Duke team is the best Duke team that I have seen since the Zion year. But it's better than that one. It, 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 it's better than the 2015 team that won the national championship. This team, it, it's got everything. Duke is always missing something. When they're shooting the lights out, they don't have any bigs down low to help out. When they've got the bigs down low, they don't have an outside shot. Or they have one or two, but they don't spread it out. Okay? When you've got a guy like Jabari Parker or Jason Tatum, someone like that, typically there's not enough shooters or bigs around them. Duke's got everything this year. Duke's got everything this year. Mark Williams, seven-footer, down low, no problem. No problem whatsoever. I mean, they, 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 they're flourishing in everything. They're 18 and 3, 8 and 2 in the conference. They lost to Miami. They lost to Florida State. The Miami game was, I don't want to say fluke. I don't want to say luck, but it was the closest thing to fluke and luck that I've ever seen. I mean, this team has the big Mark Williams, okay? They've got the shooters. They have the outside shooters Joey Baker, AJ Griffin, Wendell Moore shoots. They've got the Jabari Parker, Jason Tatum, big forward, point forward is what I love to call them, handle the ball, dominant, you know, like a LeBron, like a Durant. That's the position. That's what the, the goal is of that kind of player. They've got that with Paulo Bencaro. This team is loaded. And you've got a coach in his final year, the greatest coach of all time, why is not everybody taking the Blue Devils to win the national championship? I'm seeing Auburn. I'm seeing Texas. I'm seeing Oklahoma. I'm seeing Iowa State. I'm seeing Kansas, Michigan State. This is Coach K's year. This is Duke's year, okay? We were supposed to get our sixth when Zion was here. It didn't happen. There's no way in hell it's not going to happen this year. I mean, we got everything. I didn't even mention Trevor Keels, who was who's been hurt the last couple of games. He played against Notre Dame. Didn't play didn't play good at all. Didn't play good at all. I think he was like 1 for 8 from the field, 0 for shooting from 3. Uh but he logged like 20 or so minutes, 25 minutes somewhere around there. Be all right. Be all right. Long break. From Notre Dame on Monday, you get back, you wake up on Tuesday, you're in Durham all week long. Be fine. Be fine. You're gonna sweep the Tar Heels. Maybe three peat. Maybe a three peat on the Tar Heels this year. I don't know. We'll see if we get them in the ACC tournament. Normally, when it lines up for Duke and North Carolina to ever play in tournament uh, tournament play, North Carolina never holds up their end of the bargain. So what are you going to do? <clears throat> All right, lastly, this is what I want to do next. 
Duke's gonna Duke's gonna roll UNC. You know what? It might be. It, I don't. Okay, I don't want to say roll. I don't want to say roll. At the Dean's uh, the Dean Dome. You know, North Carolina's got, they do have some bigs, but I think, I, I do think we match up well against them, and I don't think they're going to be able to guard the perimeter um, very, like, at all. So when you've got Paulo carrying the basketball, someone's going to have to collapse on him. Someone's going to be open from deep. As long as Duke makes their shots, they'll be all right. They'll win the game. I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout. Should be, but it is the Tobacco Road rivalry, so you might not get the blowout until you get back to Durham. But when they come back to Durham, that senior night, that's Coach K's final home game, they're going to blow the doors off this team. But they're going to go 2-0 against North Carolina. You bet your ass. All right, the last thing we're going to talk about. We're dying to talk about this. Thanks for sticking with me right here on the Cleveland Sports Fan Network, clevelandsportsfan.com, Apple Podcast, and Red Circle. The Burley Gunner Show. Make sure to go to the Cleveland Sports Fan Facebook page. Make sure to go to clevelandsportsfan.com. Check out the merch. Finally, we are going to talk about the NFL Pro Bowl. (laughs) I'll see you next week. Burnley going to show.